All right, it is Saturday, March 16th, 2.13.47 p.m. Um, this is Anthony Vo. Today we're going to be talking about the idea of discipline um, and the many meanings the word has because I think there are a lot of significant meanings of the word discipline. Um, so for a little bit of a structure, obviously we're going to start with the definition. I kind of like it. It's going on me. Um, then we're going to talk about my experiences with discipline um, and how that really shapes some other auxiliary ideas that I have. Um, so we're going to talk about like the idea of like the panopticon, a concept that I learned in high school, but I think still applies very much to my life today. We're also going to talk about free will and the changing history and really, you know, how much how much can you change the world? What can you realistically do as an individual? So um, we can start by first talking about what the definition of discipline is. And uh, Google defines it as, obviously this idea of discipline as a college discipline. So for example, the college or the discipline of science, um, but we're going to be focusing on the first definition of discipline. The practice of training people to obey rules or a code of behavior using punishment to correct disobedience. And I think the idea of discipline is, it's very interesting because the word punishment is really key there, right? In order to actually have someone become a, a member of society, right? Um, someone who's functional, someone who understands all the rules, um, there's this idea that you have to have punishment involved. For example, right? Um, if you kill someone, you definitely should be punished for that, right? But how far should that punishment extend and what exactly should be punished is the question that I want to pose today. Because my experience in life with punishment and discipline has turned me into a type of person that it, it was definitely necessary for me at the time, but one must wonder, you know, how much was too much um, in terms of my psyche because it was very damaging to my psyche. So this one's going to be a little bit more personal and the people that are listening to this episode are probably people that A, um, really like the podcast, which I really appreciate it, or B, um, maybe I made it big in the future, and you're just re-listening to some of my old episodes, just to have a sort of vision on uh, what the type of person I am and who I was when I started this out. Um, so we'll start with my stories of um, discipline personally. Um, and I've had a big track history of just being punished and disciplined um, ever since like preschool, pretty much up to middle school. And so in preschool, um, you're considered an unruly kid, right? I was considered an unruly kid. I would say like, you know, poop and pee and all the quote unquote bad words and like butt and stuff just because you think it's funny as a kid, right? I mean, you know, <laughs> kids are stupid and you can think of them as just, you know, really new people, right? Think of it as almost like the ego thing, right? Think of it as they're learning a lot of new skills at the start. It's like your beginning life. And so there's an unrealistic expectation for preschoolers to be extremely well-behaved. I think if preschoolers are extremely well-behaved, it's almost a bad thing because they're less prone to exploring the world and such. Um, so as a preschooler, I was really unruly. And I would get in trouble a lot for saying bad words and stuff. And they just sit me out and sit me out and sit me out. And, you know, I think about it now and is sitting like a preschooler out really the best idea for them? Because I think that a lot of preschoolers don't have the cognitive thought to realize, hey, what I'm doing is a bad thing. And because getting sit out is a bad thing, I shouldn't do the bad thing anymore. Because that's not really, 
you know, you have to make a lot of mistakes before you realize that. For me, um, discipline also didn't just continue at preschool, um, it continued at home as well. Um, I suppose I should have talked about it a little earlier, but I did want to trigger ward, uh, trigger warning this, this episode with, uh, I guess, childhood trauma, because there are some topics that might be um, potentially, uh, you know, sensitive to people. So I'm just going to discuss, like, you know, my childhood um, experience. But if you have any experience with, like, childhood trauma and you feel uncomfortable, I, I implore you to leave because I don't want to, you know, make anyone feel like that. Um, so... Back to the story, when I was in preschool, um, a lot of, like, a common thing that my dad would do would also just, he would just, like, slap me a lot, like, corporeal punishment. And obviously, you know, as a preschooler, as a young kid, you don't want to get hit by your dad, but, um, I mean, (laughs) obviously, right? But it was just something that happened a lot just because I kept getting in trouble at school. And one of the things that I distinctly remember thinking as a preschooler, which I think was a really complex thought was, especially for, like, you know, a young kid, was I thought to myself, I'm going to try to remember this for next time, so then I don't get in trouble. So, for example, right, when I would, like, get in trouble for losing something and my dad would yell at me, I I would think to myself, I'm going to try to remember that. I'm going to try not to do that again. And even though I had that complex thought, it's just, for me, it was just very difficult, right? Because, you know, when you're a kid, you're just exploring the world and you don't know what's wrong, you don't know what's right, and when you're getting in trouble all the time, it's like, you, you feel put down, right? You feel like you're not, you're not, something's not right with you, almost. And I think that sort of punishment is kind of detrimental to kids because a kid that gets in trouble a lot is probably a kid that's just trying to learn a lot, right? They're experiencing the world. Versus a kid who just does nothing and they sit inside and, you know, they don't test anything, right? Sure, they're not getting in trouble, but they're also not exploring the world around them and really learning, you know, what's happening and what's going on. So... That's preschool. And um, after preschool, I got into elementary school and things didn't change much for me because I would still get in trouble a lot. And I would still, you know, it it just didn't feel great. Um, I remember in kindergarten, especially like I didn't have like any friends until pretty much like like almost after January or something. And you start school in August. Right. And so it's like the combination of not having a lot of friends and being constantly punished that kind of makes you like when I when I look back on it, I I realize, you know, that's probably the way I am today, because I have a lot of insecurities and a lot of fears and a lot of things about loyalty. And I'd like to discuss that later. But um, for right now, let's focus on discipline. And so in terms of elementary school, you know, you're just doing things that you think that your friends would like or you think that, you know, I was trying to like I remember one time, right? My friend, um, Luke, he was like, he said my, my other friend's name wrong, and I like slapped him on the back, you know, and I was like, hey, man, you know, his name is, is really uh, this, and then I got taken to the office for that, and they're like, you know, like, dude, like, <laughs> like, and I would just get yelled at, and they would call home, and then when I got home, I would get yelled at again, and it was to the point where, like, throughout elementary school, and to an extent, you know, part of middle school, I would just be so afraid of my dad. I would be trying to do homework and I would just be so afraid because my dad, I know he would like get home and he would yell at me and things like that. And then it didn't make it any better because at school, you know, when you're getting in trouble, the vice principal like has no, the, at the time, the vice principal had no sympathy for me. I, I remember that particular um, in, like event, right? When I slapped Luke on the back, like the, the teacher brought me in and I had already gotten in trouble once earlier throughout the year. And he, she was like, you know, I don't really appreciate you coming in, you know, 
like recently because you just came in recently and I don't want to talk to you again. And I said, oh, yeah, you know, uh, the last time I saw you was like last year because it was like in like January or something. And I was just like cracking a little like, like you're a third grader. And then she's like, I remember it like distinctly. She was like, you cannot come in here and crack a little joke and smile and think it's going to be all right. And that kind of resonated with me, I think, for a long time because it kind of made me feel like, you know, I wasn't able to, you know, really express myself. And I, I was, it, 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 I mean, <laughs> that's just dampening for any third grader, right? And so the idea of discipline in terms of that was just really bad. And uh, when I got home, like throughout that entire third grade year, I was just always in trouble. And my dad would always take my devices away and he would always be like, you can't do this, you can't do that. And he always hit me. And um, that year was just really bad for me, I think, developmentally, just because, you know, when you're thinking about yourself as always being in trouble and your dad's just a scary guy, right? That's not very conducive to a healthy, um, you know, environment for, uh, you know, a young kid. Um, fifth grade was probably the crux of punishment, like my complex with com punishment in particular, um, because that, that year was just, there was one event that really defined that year and made me really like upset about things, um, even to this day. And so what happened was I would always play basketball with these guys and a lot of them didn't like me, but they were pretty much the only, you know, friends I had at the time. They were the only people that would play with me. And so I would play basketball with them. And this one kid particularly I thought was pretty annoying. And one day he started like touching me, making me feel uncomfortable in terms of like he was like jumping like up and down on my shoulders. He was like, you know, like touching I was like dude like what the heck and so I grabbed his basketball and I kicked it away to the field um, and then he sucker punched me and I started chasing him and I said you know I'm gonna effing kill you right and I didn't even I, I, I said the actual word and as a fifth grader that's very violent I, I understand that um, so I get in trouble and they tell me you get five days of lunch detention and the other kid gets three days of lunch detention um, and so I think that event, that experience in particular really struck me as there's something not right here. There's a sort of fairness because I was a chubby Asian fifth grade kid. I am never going to kill anyone in my life. Okay. Like I thought that was pretty, I think anyone would agree that's pretty obvious. And yet I get in more trouble for words while the kid that sucker punched me got in less trouble. And that's, that's just, I don't know, it's stuck in my mind. It's really bothered me for a very long time, especially considering the fact that he's had a track history of picking fights with people up until high school. And so, you know, it, that event really made me think, what is fair in life? Um, and afterwards, that also probably hurt me a lot because, you know, they were like, you can't play with each other. I'm like, no sort off my back. So I would go back to my basketball guys, but then they would pick him over me. And so... Yeah, I, I don't know. I maybe I don't really know what to say else other than that because I think that kind of speaks for itself, which is really damaging for, uh, especially a fifth grader, right? And his psyche and the way he views the world as you know everything's out to get him, right? No one really likes the guy, so you know what can you do? And when you express your dislike, you get punished worse than the person that punches you. Um. And so that's really how it's affected me as a person, where I'm just kind of 
always worried that people are gonna you know betray and stuff like that and I, I'm worried that you know if I do anything wrong then I'll get in more trouble than I deserve really that also happened in eighth grade which was the last real big event of you know discipline for me because what happened was um, well I should you know go back a little bit um, the idea of discipline for me, like up until like seventh grade was still so ingrained in my mind because my dad would yell at me and hit me if I lost something. And so I remember in seventh grade, there was this one time when I lost my water bottle and I was so scared and afraid and frustrated that I lost my water bottle. Like I like threw a chair, <laughs> like in, in this, in the classroom. And thank God my teacher was just really empathetic with me. And she's like, are you okay? You know, what's wrong? And she didn't like, you know, call my parents or anything. And I really appreciate that. But, you know, that, like, when I think about that, I think about how bad discipline had really gotten to me as a person and how afraid I was of making mistakes. And I think that really tied into the person I am today who is so afraid to make mistakes, is so afraid that they don't, I, I want to become, like, you know, someone that is almost flawless, even though it's an unattainable ideal. Anyway, um, let's go back to eighth grade. Um, and so thinking about eighth grade, what happened to me then was, I remember what happened was somebody had posted um, like a middle finger ASCII art on my computer or something into the group chat. And my teacher, my science teacher, um, called me in one day and she was like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm reporting you for this because I saw this in the chat and this was, you know, unacceptable. And I was like, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I was so adamant that I did not do it because I did not. And she didn't believe me. And then when I got home, my dad didn't believe me either. And then he would just, yeah. And so that really hurt me as a person as well, because, you know, I would just think about, I'm the type of person that's not believable. Um, and I'm not, my opinion is not worthy of respect. I am a person that is bad and should not be believed. And even my own father doesn't support that idea, right? Doesn't support me as a person. So that really hurt my psyche. And then the next day I was so tired. My dad had yelled at me and I got to school late. And what happened was I was, you know, feeling like that. And then two guys come up to me um, and we're playing like some game, right? And I'm not feeling great. We're playing some game and I'm getting teamed up on. And it just, it was just like a burst of emotions, right? Like I'm feeling so vulnerable, I'm feeling so bad, and these two guys are ganging up on me on a middle school game. It obviously doesn't matter, but to a middle schooler, you know, it's like you've just been through so much at that point already. And they ganged up on me, and I punched one of the guys in the face, and that's something I still regret to this day. I, you know, I don't think he deserved it. He was just the brunt of my, my anger and my frustration at that time, and I, you know, I really do regret that. Um, give me a sec, I'm going to pause for a second here in order to restart the recording. Okay, so, so we're back. Um, so uh, talking about, you know, that experience in eighth grade. Um, yeah, and I remember afterwards, right, going to the office and talking to counselor. And I think the counselor, and, and the counselor almost treated me like I was not, <laughs> I was not human almost. Like she was just prodding at me and poking at me and she was like, how does this make you feel X, Y, Z? And she was just like, she felt very judgmental of me and she felt, and it felt like she was like almost experimenting with me, you know, looking at me under a microscope thinking, what is wrong with this kid? 
Um, and so when my parents came in later, you know, my dad had no words. Um, when I got home, um, he just took away my computer, and that was that. And so I just, that, that experience as well just made me feel so awful about myself, right? Because it's the idea that you're not to be believed. You're not, you know, a good person. Um, you're in some ways a subhuman. And so that's the brunt of my discipline experience. And so I want to talk about, you know, how that's affected me and, and what ideas I've, I've derived from those experiences um, as I've grown up over the years. So obviously there's the idea of self-discipline stemming from external discipline, which I think should be one of the main goals of discipline, where you almost, you know, stop relying on others to discipline you and you start relying on your own, yourself to discipline yourself. Maybe it's an extreme with me, but, you know, it's the idea that my dad would hit me or my dad would yell at me. And I get so scared. I triple check everything when I, you know, when I leave the room when I, and I'm so scared of losing anything. And so maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's not a good thing. And it's the idea that, you know, um, like outside forces disciplining you just causes you to, you know, be more careful about yourself. Maybe that's the goal of it. But I also think that discipline um, can be very harmful in that manner as well. Because suppose, you know, you're a person that's been a troublemaker your whole life, right? Suppose, you know, every counselor you've gone to is like, there's something wrong with this guy. There's something wrong with this guy. There's something wrong with this guy. And you internalize that. Um, and you think to yourself, there's something wrong with me as a person. And you can take that two ways. You can take that the way that I did with my ideas of ego and potential. And you can turn it into a sort of motivation for yourself to become a better person um, while still holding on to a lot of those insecurities. Or you can think to yourself, this world won't accept me, so who cares? I'm not going to, you know, conform to it. And you come up like and you and you almost relish in that title and you become a criminal, right? Like I can't imagine that telling somebody that what they're doing is wrong for 12 years is beneficial to them at all. Telling them that they're a troublemaker, trouble, telling them that, you know, something's not right with them. I don't see the benefit in that. Um so and, and that, you know, that ties into, you know, even like Twitter culture today, because I think that social media is a form of discipline as well. Where you say something wrong and it goes two ways. You get canceled, you learn from it, and you never say that word again. Or you start creating these communities that echo, right, those ideas of, you know, like, yeah, we are bad people, but so what? We're going to band together, right? And that's how you create the alt-right. You create the alt-right through you know, intense discipline and intense justice. And the idea of justice is such a ridiculous thing because there's no such thing as justice, if you think about it. The idea of justice is preconceived based on your values and your morals or society's values and society's morals. Yet that can change at an instant, right? So the point I really want to make with justice is that there really isn't anything that's fair in terms of punishment. Because as no matter what you discipline someone, no matter how you punish someone, there's going to be some people that take it horribly and some people that take it okay, right? You could argue that I took it okay, but I mean, I, I, I have a slew of problems. And, you know, there's probably people that took it worse than me and, you know, they're much more dysfunctional than me. And, you know, this idea of discipline in like middle school and elementary school is just so detrimental to these people, right? 
And it's not creating a, a productive society. It's creating a society of people that are afraid, that are you know thinking to themselves, I don't want to do anything wrong. I don't want to do anything wrong. And if you don't think that way, that's great, right? If you don't have that paranoia, that idea, that's great. But I mean, it's 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 definitely a problem nowadays. Um, so I wanted to talk about um, yeah, just discipline in terms of you know making people almost you know fearful for their lives. It's the idea of the panopticon that I alluded to earlier. Um, if you don't know, the panopticon is a type of prison where there's a watchtower in the middle and there's cells surrounding the watchtower and the cells are open. You can see into the cells, but you cannot see into the watchtower. And it's the idea that at any time you could be being watched, you could be, you know, watched, right? But you don't know when that time is. And so you're always expected to be on your best behavior. And it's a prison system. But the panopticon applies so heavily to the idea of discipline and justice today. Because if you think about it, right, it feels like everything's a panopticon. It feels like when you're walking down the street, you're constantly fearful of being judged, you're being watched, you're being, you know, someone's like looking at you thinking that guy's clothing is weird. Someone's looking at you thinking like that guy looks a little off, maybe he's going to hurt someone. What's the idea that you post something on social media and you're afraid for your life because 10 years later they might misconstrue it. And I, those ideas have both applied to me, right? And I'm sure they apply to, you know, many of you as well, where you're just so afraid of doing anything out of line, you just want to fit in. And so the idea of discipline in that sense, it's just, I don't know. Obviously, discipline is necessary, but to what extent is it necessary? And, you know, what can you do about it? Because discipline is necessary in the sense that, yeah, you need to, you know, have it in order to, you know, create people, create a society where people understand what's right and what's wrong. But, I mean, as a kid, you know, how are you going to know what's right and what's wrong? Um that also leads me to my second idea, right? Because I talk a lot about how discipline's been a bad thing in my life and how it's probably affected me for the worse. But, you know, I think about it and there's this idea that if I had gone back in time and I were to change those things, I don't know if I would. For me, there's this idea that everything is meant to be the way it is right now, right? There's a reason why we're here. There's a reason why I'm in this library study room recording this podcast. Everything in history has led up to each of our individual moments, each of the things that we're doing right now. And so, you know, the idea that I changed something in the past, yeah, you know, maybe I don't feel as bad about something, but maybe it's worse, right? Maybe I become a worse person because of that. And I think there's this idea that it's meant to be, right? Everything is meant to be in a certain way. So all those discipline, it wasn't for nothing. It was because it was meant to be that way. That also ties into the idea of free will, because what really can you do? How much can you change history? How much can you shape the future? Because as an individual, you can't really change anything, right? It's collective movements that do that. But even the leaders of those collective movements require a lot of assistance. And so really, you know, how much... How much was it that that leader really wanted to do it, you know, versus history or like, you know, just by, you know, luck of the draw, right? That they were part of that movement, you know? Like, for example, the civil rights movement, right? Massive, you know, equality, right? And it's an amazing thing. But how much did MLK Jr. really have to do with that movement? Was it really him or was he in the right place at the right time? So 
that that's my idea where even though all these things in the past have happened to me even though the all these things have you know damaged me probably there's not much i would change just because things were meant to be this way it also ties into the idea of parenting that i have because you know i try to think about what would i do different with my kids right but honestly i mean you know it's difficult to say because i you know it's the safest route right you want your kids to have the same experience that you did so you can relate to them in, in some way but i don't know how much i would change based off my father there's this idea of empathy that has grown on me recently where it's you think about the experiences that the people that have affected you were in and when you th- when i think about all those people that damaged my psyche my father you know the disciplinarians throughout my life you know i empathize with them because really you know what else could they have done if they hadn't punished me so much in 5th grade maybe i would have become someone that killed someone i mean obviously i wouldn't have but in their minds how would they know right you know in terms of that 8th grade teacher that didn't believe me you know i mean i that one i think is a little bit ridiculous but she probably had some good reason to push and say that i did it so badly right because she was afraid that you know it would set a precedence of her being less strict and her allowing that sort of behavior to happen in her classroom um but yeah so i think that's about all i want to oh i guess i have one more idea of discipline and that's the religious idea of discipline because you know for all the discipline that i've talked about right the self discipline that has been um created through that external discipline that i've experienced um there's also one more type of discipline and that's you know a religious view of discipline because a lot of people right they derive their like values and morals from religion and i'd argue that's a healthier way than doing it from the way that i learned it because the way i learned it was through experience through you know pain and through you know somewhat suffering even though i've been very privileged throughout my life but to learn it through the bible to learn it through you know stories i think that's the better way to learn discipline and i think that's the way that discipline should be taught maybe not through religion per se but through stories you know things like if you do this then it's a bad thing right and if you're telling the story then they don't have to experience it they learn empathy and that really you know that relates to me on the sense of you know a storytelling as a medium to teach so anyway that's about all i have to say about discipline um just recapping you know what um i'm talking about um it's the idea discipline you know has negative affected me in in many ways but it shaped the person i am today and i don't know if i would change that for the world because i'm not completely content with the person i am but there are definitely a lot worse ways or a lot of ways that i could be a, you know generally a worse person so um the idea of discipline i don't think i would change you know the way i was disciplined i don't think i would you know i i hope that i'd be a better father than my dad was to me but the way that he raised me was not in any way objectively bad because i've become you know a hard working person um and discipline is just you know a big way i motivate myself as well so anyways um that's about it for discipline i really appreciate me uh you guys you know listening to me talk about this um maybe one of the things that this this episode is a little bit more difficult for me to think about 
Um, but I think it was necessary just to talk about, you know, the way that, and, and to share my experience and hopefully relate to some of you guys um, and shaping the way that you view, you know, your childhood. And so I really appreciate it. A little bit more of a venting sort of episode, but, uh, you know, I, I think it's necessary to understand, you know, for me in the future to understand the way I was now. So again, thank you. I hope you have a great rest of your day and um, I'll see you next week.